the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. We have heard kind of a fearful parable of our Lord today. It's important to understand what the point of the parable is to begin, firstly, with the context. Our Lord is answering a question of one of his disciples. And he answers by giving this parable. And in a large way, even though in the Gospel of Matthew, it's, this is, has the, the instruction of the Our Father has taken place many, many chapters beforehand, this parable is an unpacking of the meaning of that fearful line of the Our Father when our Lord taught his disciples, which is all of us in this room as well, how to pray, to forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, or if you have a different translation or a different spot, to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The second thing to keep in mind with this parable so that we can actually understand it is to know who is who. Who are the characters in this parable? There's a king, there's a man who owes a very large sum to the king, and there is another debtor who owes to the man who owes the king. So who is the king? The king is God the Father. The man who owes to that king is us. And the man who owes to the one who owes the king is our neighbors. That is the point of this parable. We find ourselves always with the one who needs to learn the greatest lesson. We are always, in every parable, that character. In other words, we are the ones who owe the great debt to the king. The, la the third point to keep in mind before we come to an understanding of what is going on in this parable, which to any hearer, when our Lord spoke this in history, would have immediately understood the comparison, but maybe it blows past us, and for those of you who have been with me on this Sunday, I make this point every year, is what is a talent and what is a denarii? And why are these the two denominations that are there that are given for the owing? The man who owes the great sum to the king is said to owe 10,000 talents. A talent was equivalent to 6,000 denarii, which meant, a denarii meant that this is what any day laborer, this is the sum he would have gotten for his work for the day. So if he owed just one of those, it would have been 6,000 days of labor. But he owed 10,000 of those 6,000 denarii. In other words, the king owed him 60 million denarii or 60 million days of labor. To put it in years, most of us never get past, though some of us in this room have, gotten the past the age of 90. This is more in the key of 170,455 years without any day off of labor. 
that's what this man owes the king. So keep that in mind as we see what this man's behavior is and also keep in mind that we are him. The man who owed the small debt only owed 100 denarii, means 100 days of labor, something we can kind of keep our mind on. It's like, okay, that's possible over a span of life to give that back. And so the point of this comparison of what the man owes the king and what the other man owes the one who owes the king is that there's not, it's almost like we can't even compare them. The number, the greatness between the two sums is so vastly apart that it almost seems silly to compare them. It's like comparing an atom to the size of our galaxy. There's nothing really that our mind can grasp in that comparison other than it's really different in size. And so what we owe, the point is that what we owe God the Father in heaven, what we owe the King is unfathomably greater and even impossible for us over the lifespan that we have to pay back what we owe our God. For he has given us this life. He has given us this world. He has given us everything that we have. And so, in some sense, we can understand that we owe him a great and unfathomable debt. A debt. And the depth of that is what gets us to the heart of what our Lord is telling us in this parable. Because that man who owed the king, he was forgiven his debt when he begged for mercy from the king. And the king simply forgave the debt, meaning he didn't have to go work anymore that 170,455 years. He was just, he could walk away from that. But when he walked away, what happened? He encountered a man who only owed him 100 days of labor. And he treated that man very poorly, very unfairly, very unlike the king had just treated him. I'm taken aback every year by the fact that we are told that he took him by the neck. Not this, just that he was angry. He choked the man, and then he threw him into prison for that small sum. So in this parable, we are given the word debt, meaning in Greek, it's deneon, meaning just something you owe somebody else. It could be anything, something that you owe. But in our Lord's Prayer and in later parts of the Gospel of Matthew, we have two other words, one meaning debt and one meaning a trespass, one meaning something that you may owe somebody else and another an offense against you. And our Lord, through this parable of saying a debt, when we hold these things against somebody, we are holding it as a debt, and we are treating that person like this man treated the, him, who only owed him 100 denarii. That is to say that what the parable is teaching us is that we need to become like the king. Because this is actually what gets the man who owed the king, even though he was forgiven, into his trouble. Because he took none of the characteristics of the king. He did not become like him in his treatment of the man who owed him such a small amount. 
So the main point of this parable, we can finally say, having all these things in mind, is summed up in this. That when we are in the presence of God and we receive his forgiveness, our life needs to change. Blessed Theophilac, the great commentator on the Gospels and some of the epistles, has this to say about this account. He that had been forgiven, he went out, he departed, and as a consequence, took his fellow servant by the throat. The one who lacked compassion is not he who remains in God, but rather he who departs from God is a stranger to him. So St. Theophilact is pointing at the fact that he left completely unchanged, probably grateful that he no longer had this debt hanging over his head, but nothing in his heart had changed. We can often get confused in our modern world that justice is the making of someone whole in the sense of, I get everything back that I had given. But the justice of God that is spoken of both in the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, and in this parable is a justice not built on what you get back that someone owes you, but rather a justice that is about reconciliation. A justice, this is the kind of justice that God is actually about. He desires us to have that same heart of justice, of reconciliation, of forgiveness, of being made new. That's how we become whole again. So this kind of justice has much more to do with what we forgive, with whom we are reconciled, with God and with man. That's the point. The king is God. We are the one who owes the great debt to him. And in kind, we treat our fellow man that way. It's a beautiful image that's given to us. And when we act in this way, blessed Theophilact implies that the father becomes our father. Because the parable ends in a certain way. Our Lord's words say that your father in heaven will treat you this way. Or my father will. He didn't say your father. And so Blessed Theophilac says this, he did not say your father, but my father. For such as these are unworthy to have God as their father, those who are unforgiving, those who are not seeking reconciliation. He wants us to forgive from our hearts and not only from our lips. Understand then what a great evil is the remembrance of wrongs, since it revokes the gift of God. Though God does not repent of his gifts, nevertheless, they can be revoked. So the entire point and the goal of our Christian life is summed up within this parable. To be not only just forgiven, that is given to all mankind. That is given to all those who desire and come and petition the king. But to also be changed, to have your heart transformed. This is the stuff of a Christian life. It is the approach of a transfiguration, a changing, a making new of the human heart into the resemblance of the heart of God. No longer to do evils and proceed from seeking to be made whole and giving, taking from others, but 
to be and reside in the holiness of God that wells forth from his throne, from his forgiveness. So may our great God and Savior who has forgiven us and all the multitude of his saints help us to desire what our God desires, the reconciliation with him chiefly to heal that great gap between us and him. And in healing of that gap by becoming like him by his grace and his power, to be like him in the world among our neighbors. So may that be each and every one of us, may we desire it and struggle to fulfill that in our lives. Amen.